Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can get a free trial at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Also, if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, please contact me at tyler at achievable.me with the subject line podcast topic. Now let's get started. Today we have Randy from Jet Prep. And Randy, if you could just introduce yourself and say a little bit about you and your company, that'd be great. Thank you, Tyler. It's been great and thank you for inviting me. Uh, Jet Prep actually stands for Just Educational Tutoring and Testing Prep. We've been doing Mm -hmm. a standardized test for 24 years. we're heading towards our 25th year. So that's what we do. Uh, We have been pretty successful. Uh, Our average on an SAT is a 1470 out of 1600. You say, well, but some parents are not happy. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good to me. And a 34 out of 36 for the ACT. And it doesn't Mm. come without hard work on part Mm. of the tutor and I'm part of the students. So right. that's who we are. And I started it myself 24 years ago. I did it all. That's fantastic. Yeah, so Jet Prep, J-E-T-T Prep. Um, well, thanks for being on the show. And and today's topic is right in your wheelhouse, right? It's really just, it, it's, it's almost a little bit of a combination of two topics, but they're both super important for the ACT and SAT. And it's really about if you're preparing for these tests, how do you improve over time, right? And there's two main sort of like subtopics for us today. The first is that you should be using your practice exams in a strategic way. Mm -hmm. And then the second is that you should be creating an error log when -hmm. you're doing any practice problems to identify where you're making mistakes, right? So that's correct. I'd love to have you jump right in and unpack those. So my philosophy has always been that these tests are like a sport, Tyler. Um, yes. And those students who are in individual sports sort of understand what it needs to achieve. So when do they really get to that finality of preparing for their competition? And that's mm-hmm. when you need to start using your actual exams. Before you start using actual exams, there are a few things you need to do. One, make sure you know all of the content. Because if you're taking exams without knowing all the content, you're going to look at it and, oh, okay. Oh, I know why I got that wrong. Oh, and you're going to read the explanation. Oh, I got it. But you don't have it. So first, you need to learn the content. Well, it's kind of like sports in that uh, exactly. you, you need to know the whole playbook before you can really get better exactly. at the place. And everybody knows they like sports, especially me, better than SATs mm. or ACTs or GREs or GMATs or LSATs. They're all the same. Uh, so right. the one thing we're not familiar with is a standardized test. And the second component, so let's talk about content. The content, we know we have to learn. But mm. At what becomes more important, believe it or not, is strategy and protocol. If you do not learn this proper strategy and protocol to take a specific type of exam, which is standardized, you are not going to do well or not going to achieve where you want to do. Right. So that's part one. Then we move into part two. And that's when we start using 
uh, in not full length, but taking each section in particular, and let's take the SAT or ACT. If I'm mm -hmm. working on math, I'm going to start at that point because I've learned pretty much all the content that they say that's covered and it's out there on the web. So you know exactly right. what you need to review. And number two, I believe I've had a pretty good coach in learning what the strategy is. Right. That's when you now start timed work. And that's when you use either the SAT or the ACT to actually develop how you, Tyler, or anybody else needs to take an exam. And by the way, mm -hmm. you don't need to take exams in the order that they give it to you. What I right. mean by that is, let's say, for example, on an SAT, you have open-ended questions. And a lot of kids, because of the way the education society is teaching in America, know that open-ended questions take them more time. And they tend to rush to get to those open-ended questions, even though both exams, the SAT, ACT, go in order of easy, medium, and hard. And so does the open-ended part of the SAT, easy, medium, and hard. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're a really smart student, okay? Mm -hmm. And you are zipping through because you're worried about having enough time for those open-ended questions. What happens? You end up making errors and we're mm -hmm. going to get to that in a second. So maybe you really need to learn to start going backwards or start with open-ended questions because your brain is worried about them. So let's get rid of them. Right. So it's at that second juncture after strategy, <clears throat> as we call it, protocol, uh, and then actually content, we then move into timed work. And that's when you start using the actual exams. Why? Because now you have to start understanding how does the test maker use their algorithmic patterns to present their exam. ACT, mm -hmm. SAT are very different in how okay. they present their questions. So do not, do not use actual exams before you've done part one and part two. Part one content, part two strategy. So we, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people come to us and they say, okay, do you have a diagnostic test? And believe it or not, uh, I think in 2002, uh, colleagues of mine from Cambridge and Oxford, I flew them in. We developed the diagnostic test. We use it one time. Why? Wow. It doesn't show you much, Tyler. You haven't prepared right. for the exam. And even if these kids take these uh, free exams that people give you to see how where you are, you're looking at one microcosm of how you performed that day. And it doesn't mean you actually know all the topics that that exam is going to cover in the future or when you take it. You know, if you, right. take, if you take the ACT that just passed, for example, that math exam on that ACT was exceedingly difficult. What if you took a practice exam that wasn't? You're going to say, oh, I'm good. And you're not. Right. And I think, I mean, it's it's funny that you say that because we actually have zero diagnostic tests in our service either. Right. And we have zero. people ask for it. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> people ask for it and we're like, I mean, we could give you a 20-question exam if you just, if you get, you know four of the math problems right does that mean that you're that you can skip parts of the course like no not really <laughs> exactly right so it, it, it's it's people people want to see where they stand which i totally understand um and it doesn't actually help well yes and i will say that in uh the american school system the easiest thing 
when people come to us, and I'm sure to you too, they'll say, okay, um, what do I need? So, well, first of all, do not show me a PSA tape. Unless you've scored a, <laughs> unless you've scored a 1320 or above, I'm not interested. And they go, why? Mm. I said, because one, you knew no grammar, no punctuation, very little vocabulary. You do not really mm. know how to read. And if you're right. not, if you're not in algebra two, you know, into it, meaning past it. And now I'm pre-calc because that's the way the courses go today. You've right. lost 75% of the exam. So why am I interested? You don't know it. Right. It's like, like me putting you on a tricycle and saying, okay, now you're ready. Go to Tour de France and compete. It's not happening. Well, right. I mean, just, I, I think the sports analogies are, are, are good mileage in, in this conversation. It's like, you know, Hey, I crushed it in JV. And you're like, cool. <laughs> right. Welcome to varsity. This is a little different. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And if the coaches from universities are coming to watch you, you certainly don't wait for the last minute to prepare for that. And that's the right. other p- problem that we have. And obviously it's easier to prepare for sports then we spend time preparing for these exams, but they are not school exams. So you have a lot of kids that say, wait, I'm like a 4.0 student. I do well in school. How come I'm not doing well in these exams? Because they're not the same. When has a student been asked to focus on every single question for three and a half hours? Right. Yeah, exactly. And I also, I, I think another big piece of it too is the fact that like, when you're a 4.0 GPA in school, generally speaking, you're getting 100% of your questions right, right? <laughs> right. Tests. right. And so that's what kids are used to. They're like, okay, like I take a test, I get everything right, everything is good, life is good. The SAT <laughs> and ACT are specifically designed so that you shouldn't get everything right, unless you're basically like a whiz kid. Right. Right. And right. And so that's like that, that mentality shift definitely can mess some people up sometimes. Yes. And they're a little disappointed, which is bringing me next to when to your topic, uh, which was uh, when do you really use an error log? We actually mm-hmm. have um, what we call an error log and we don't use it until we start starting actual exams, you know, portions of the exams. Mm-hmm. And by the way, let me just backtrack a little. We actually do portions of exams, and I'm sure everybody else does the same. We do not move into full-length full length exams until we have actually identified, hey, Tyler, you know what? I see you're still making mistakes in the open-ended. Or, you know, I see you're making easy mistakes in the beginning, so why don't we go backwards or something like that, right? And we have mm-hmm. to now understand how does Tyler take an exam? And assuming we've gotten that, then we will start usually four weeks before the targeted test date, full length exams. We actually tell kids what to eat, mm-hmm. when to go to sleep, which is always an issue, especially if they have sports, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. Or especially if they're sitting on their phone on TikTok from yeah. like 11 to 1, <laughs> or, right? Or, right. Night. Or playing games or whatever. Uh, right. And, and then, of course, we tell them uh, what to have for snacks, what to have for breakfast, when to go to sleep. And we usually start that two to three weeks uh, before the actual exam. But the full-length tests start four weeks before. Once we start the full-length tests and or partial actual exams, 
that's when we use what we call an error log. And I found that errors occur in three different, I'm sure more, but we've identified three areas. One, focus, which will happen when kids are tired, took it, you know, late ex at night. Or just at, the, or just at the end of a long exam, because it's three hours. Right? E exactly. So did you make an error because you felt fatigued? Was the food that we actually asked you to eat not proper for you, right? Mm -hmm. Which also could be part of it. The second part is content. In other words, did I not understand the content, right? Do I need to right. go back to that particular topic? Do I need to go back to comma splices? Or third, proper protocol and strategy. And 99% of the time, once we are into actual exams, protocol is the issue. It's they skipped okay. it. they've skipped a step. And that's when I think you're going back of keeping this error log. You not only mm -hmm. have to go over what the question was, but what prompted the error. Because something right. prompts an error. You know, when you're, play, okay. when you're playing an instrument, something prompts that error. Did I lose focus for a moment? And I think you'll see behind me my Steinway. And yes, mm -hmm. usually when my brain is going on to something small, I go, oh my God, I just lost my place. And so that actually is the same and it carries over to this exam as well. So that's when we start having the kids not only identify the error, but why it occurred and what was it that caused it. So there are two parts to that error log, right? right. And then of course we go to the review process. Mm -hmm. That is probably something that kids don't do in school at all. Um, Mm -hmm. Review is very important because you want to develop habit. You want the kids to know exactly how to attack a word problem. You want them to know exactly what to do in reading passages. And that habit takes a long time, which we don't have in this field, to develop like we do have in sports, by the way, because kids have been playing sports, soccer, since they're five or four. Right. And we certainly don't have it for standardized tests. So I highly encourage an error log under those three topics. I highly encourage rewriting mm -hmm. the question, going over the proper uh, avenue to answer the question and understanding what that really meant. And if you feel that's a content issue, go back to the content, reinvestigate right. it again. Yeah. Tell me more about rewriting the question. So you're like, if you're getting a question wrong because of protocol, mm -hmm. You think that the student should try to write the question as if they're like making the test? Is that what you yeah, mean? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because not only are you using your visual sense, because a lot of kids will look at a piece of paper and go, oh yeah, I got it. I see why I made an error. No. So if you actually are looking at visually and then use a tactile sense of writing the question out, you're actually paying mm -hmm. a little attention to it, right? Right. Using a double sense, if you will. So we actually have them rewrite the question. I mean, of mm -hmm. course, you can't do the passage. Uh, and let's say, for example, it's um, if it's a reading question or a grammar question, they're going to rewrite the question they got wrong, right? And right. actually write what the right answer is. And so that when you really, say rewrite it, do you mean like exactly the same, or do you mean like trying to phrase it differently? No, the same exactly answer? the same because they're not oh, going okay. to phrase it differently. The test right. taker is not phrasing it differently. It's always going to be pretty much the same. It's a standardized test, and that's what they're all about. Right. 
Got it. Okay. And then, yeah, I, I wanted to kind of dig in on like other tactics that you have sure. to counter these careless errors, right? Yeah. No such thing as a careless error, by the way. I oh, okay. really don't like what, what I or anybody else says, you know, I play a sport. I can't, you know, if I make an error, I go, oh, sorry. Am I really sorry? No. I mean, you know, so I actually, was it careless? No. Something prompted it, right? right. Something prompts an error. And careless errors come from, again, these three avenues, I think. Focus, you know, we're not even used to our brains going off topic for a moment. We can be looking mm-hmm. at something, and it, math is an easy way to explain it. So if you're looking at a question, you go, I got it. It's like a sport, I got it. You really have it. When you say, I got it, your partner, if it's you're playing, no, you're usually making an error. And the error mm-hmm. occurred because of something did you just lose focus because your brain already thought about the answer it was ahead of you it looked at it Mm -hmm. said oh easy i got it and you don't and i can't tell you how often that happens to me in pickleball i used to play tennis it was the same i got it (laughs) i don't so i tell students (laughs) if you say to yourself i got it stop Take a deep breath and make sure you're paying attention because that's where errors will occur because you're actually ahead of the question. Yeah, exactly. You're not, you're not kind of present and thinking through all the steps. Exactly. Do not skip a step. That's one of our math protocol. Do not skip a step. Two times Mm -hmm. five. Write it out, but write it out. Don't do it up here. Right. So now, so yeah, I love that. And then you, so we're combining now, or sort of the, I think the best way to kind of wrap this together would be to combine the two, right? So you've got your ACT and SAT practice exams. You've gotten to the point where you, you know, the content, you know, your strategy. Now you're doing timed sections. Correct. You're keeping an error log. How does it all weave together into something that's going to increase your score? Well, what we do, and I, I think uh, part of the problem is when kids take these exams, right? So a lot of these kids, if you uh, assign them exams, they're sometimes taking them 11, 12 o'clock at night. The hardest mm-hmm. thing that we find is to actually make them a priority. Again, schoolwork, sports, extracurricular activities are pounding at these kids because you have to do everything, Tyler. I mean, it's unfortunate, yeah. but you have to be good at everything. So if they're taking these exams and allowing their bodies to be tired, they're actually allowing themselves to believe it's okay for me to be tired to take an exam. So that's... Is that good or bad? It's bad. Very bad. Um, And it's a very, very difficult task, believe it or not, to actually get the kids to do this first. And of course... They'd prefer to do their extracurricular activity, their school homework, or if they have a test the next day or a project, it's banging at them. Because, you know, sometimes we're six, uh, two, three months out of the exam, so they think they can put it on a back burner, do it last. What we actually try and have the kids do, to some success, <laughs> I can't say to 100% yeah. success, is actually make this to test a priority. One, do not do this in their room. Right. Find parents, office, 
or dining room where there's some distraction so you learn how to focus. Number two, no phone. Yep. And number three, of course, to make sure you try and do this early and teach yourself if you don't feel well, unlike school, and you have a slight sniffle, cough or cold, don't do your work. Wait until you Mm -hmm. feel better. Because that's the only way you're going to be able to teach yourself what real focus is. Do not attempt to do standardized work when you're tired. You are not going to do well. And I'm a living example of that. I took the, uh, <laughs> I took an exam. It was 350 multiple choice. I was sick as a dog. I, and like all other students, I really wanted to take the exam. It was a licensing exam. I had to be there. Did I do well? No. And actually, <laughs> everything that I've instituted in my company, all the procedures that we have come from my own mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so one of them is, of course, teaching yourself it's okay to be tired to do something. It's not. Got it. Yeah. And I think what I loved like listening to that was that you really want to try to replicate the test environment as much Ex- as possible. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's really important that the, the students like that first off, you know, this practice is going to help you get better just at taking it, this test, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and obviously you're going to answer the questions in it too, but you got to deal with the surroundings and circumstances. Ab- absolutely. And surrounding that sometimes is we often ask some kids, uh, you know, when is your first, when are you tired for your first period? Right. Mm-hmm. And if they answer, yes, we had a kid who was traveling for about 45 minutes to school and some of them traveled to a test site you know, center for 45 minutes for the SAT or the ACT. And they usually were used to sleeping. That's what they did in the morning. They slept on the bus, right? So we actually started two weeks before the exam, slowly not allowing the student to sleep on her bus. So for three, (laughs) three days, she had to do schoolwork. She had to do her homework to get her brain ready, to be ready at eight o'clock in the morning sharp, to be alert, to be focused, and ready to sit there for four hours, focused on every single question. That's, uh, since COVID, I think that's been more of the more difficult areas, actually. One, intention for the exam. Mm -hmm. And I'll speak about that as a sidebar. And number two, the kids to actually learn and be focused and motivated. And that's something we've seen over this year in particular, uh, test anxiety, which I'll get to, is very heightened. Years ago, it was nothing. And today, it's almost every single student. Uh, yeah. And so that uh, the problems are that the kids were so used to not really learning for a year and a half to two years that they're whatever. And some of the kids go, oh, I can just sit here and figure out I can do it just very, very superficially, and it doesn't work. Right. Yeah, exactly. You've got to, with these standardized tests, they're, they're specifically designed to suss this stuff out. So they're they're designed to be hard and not let you coast, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, very cool. Well, great. Thanks very much, Randy. This has been Shift, a a college admissions podcast for a changing world. Hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Randy from Jet, J-E-T-E-T, Prep. Um, and you can get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course at achievable.me. 
and use the code podcast if you like it to get 10% off.